10 miles down, and we had to climb up the side of the Olympic ski jump. It was the most insane and just nasty race course I'd ever been on. And I've, I've done a lot of races, but it was cold and wet, and it was all uphill or downhill. I mean, drastically uphill and downhill. And here I was staring at a 3,000-foot elevation gain after already doing 10 miles of the nastiest race I'd ever done. Isn't life like that? You hit those mountains and you just don't know what to do? But guys, if you're facing a mountain or you feel like you're constantly just facing an uphill battle, this is the video for you. My name's Brent. This is the Fallible Man Podcast, and I create content for men. If this is your first time joining us, it's nice to meet you guys. Today, I want to talk about being better every day. On this channel, all the time, we see be better tomorrow because of what you do today. It's a lifestyle, and guys, I will tell you how to conquer all your mountains. Let's get into it. This is the Fallible Man Podcast, your home for everything man, husband, and father. Here is your host, the fallible man, Brent Dowler. Standing at the starting line, I was trying to smile and look confident at my amazing wife who was standing there cheering for me with the camera rolling, taking video and pictures. And I've been so excited right up until this moment. But now, it was real. Like, it's actually happening. I mean, what the hell was I thinking? 52,800 feet. That's 10 miles. I hate running. I mean, I don't run. Unless something's shooting at me, I don't run. In fact, I haven't really run since I damaged my leg about 20 years ago and it left me slightly uh, damaged. I just can't run more than a little bit without hurting. And so... I mean, I love the idea of this event, but I rushed into it. I didn't have any prep time. I, I mean, I registered for this event maybe three weeks out. There was no time to prepare for a 10-mile event. Now I'm standing at the starting line, looking out over the start of the course and looking at my amazing wife who's there cheering for me. And all I can think is, what the hell am I doing? And start second-guessing my life choices. Well, guys, that was six years ago, and I've stood in that same spot, and others like it, many times since then. And I gotta admit, the feeling never totally goes away from me, because I never feel like I'm adequately prepared. Um, I hurt my leg 20 years ago, and it left me with a slightly permanent injury, and so I just, I don't run. Well... We're here to talk about being better every day and why I talk about being better every tomorrow because of what you do today. Guys, it's called incremental improvement. And I believe it's a lifestyle and I believe it's the lifestyle that you're here for. Or you wouldn't be on this, on this podcast. And so we're going to get straight to it. I don't want to waste your time today. The first thing you need to worry about. Okay. So if we can go point number one or whatever you want to call it is you got to start with the why. Now, this is my favorite question in the whole wide world, and all my friends can attest how obsessed I am 
with this question. And most of them hate it with a passion because when I start asking why, I'm going to drive them nuts. I believe this question alone can change your life dramatically. Can I be more dramatic when I say that? Dramatically! Because I don't think most people have any clue why they do the things they do. I think most people are completely oblivious to why they do most things they do in their life. And it's amazing to me. Let me give you an example. I have to go do this. Why? Well, we do this this way. Why? I like blank. Why? Well, you think that's a pretty simple question. But let me ask you this. Is there a gun to your head? Is somebody blackmailing you? You got some coercion? Is somebody threatening you or somebody you love? Because unless that's the case, you don't have to do any of those things. So the real question becomes, why are you doing those things? And most people can't actually answer that question. It utterly blows my mind. If you ask somebody and really pair them down, um, you guys have met my friend, the common man OCR, Dave, and he hates this question. And it has driven him nuts for all the years I've known him. But he's also come to start asking the question of himself. Because there are a lot of things you do in your life that you don't actually have the why for. Let me give you an example. We do a lot of things out of habit and comfort because that's the example we were set and that's what we grew up with. I buy Hellman's mayonnaise. It may or may not be the best mayonnaise. I don't actually know. But my mom always bought Hellman's mayonnaise because she said it was the best. So therefore, that's in what's in my kitchen, guys. If you go into my kitchen right now, that's what you're going to find there. And that is what I've always bought my entire adult life because that's what my mom got. And that's what she said was the best. And I have never thought of any reason to try anything else. But we do a lot of things in our life because of comfort, just repetition, because that's what someone influential in our life, like your parent or a loved one said to you. But you don't actually know why you do it. You have to start with the why, because the only way you're going to affect change in your life is to find an incredibly strong why. I'm not talking for the faint of heart, guys. I'm not talking something weak. I mean, really deeply, you have to find your why. If you want to make any change in your life, it has to be a deep, fundamental, foundational, stand on a rock kind of why. Simon Sinek wrote a book, an incredible book. It's pretty famous. You've probably heard of it. It's called Start With Why. And I'm going to put a link for it in the description of both the show notes and the video, guys. Check it out. It is an incredible read. But it really gets to the foundational argument of this. But if you want to change it all, your why has got to be stronger than the resistance you're going to face. It's just a fact. You're going to run into resistance. In fact, some of the people who love you the most are probably going to be some of your biggest resistance to any kind of change in your life. No matter how good it is for you, 
some of the people closest to you will actually be some of your biggest resistance. Change freaks people out, especially those close to you, because they like you the way they are, or they wouldn't be close to you. They may not agree that it's good for you. Maybe your change illustrates to them that they are not doing the things they should be doing. Guys, it is going to be the hardest thing to get past the people you love when you start finding your why to start your process of changing. Your why has to be stronger than the storm. And spoiler, it will be worth it. Point number two, guys. You got to pick your battles. When you start thinking about the self-improvement lifestyle, you got to pick your battles. Some will be harder than others. You also have to put it into a scope because once you start playing with life-changing ideas, it's really easy to become overwhelmed with the idea of all the things you need to change, right? If you take a good, honest look at yourself, you can probably start listing off several things that you need to change about yourself to reach your optimal idea of who you want to be. Maybe it's health things. Maybe you've got too much weight like me. Maybe you don't exercise enough, so you need more cardiac work. Maybe it's you need to learn to cook better. Maybe you need to get a better job. Maybe you need to learn things like finance that you don't know. Whatever it is, you're going to be overwhelmed because there are going to be a lot of things. So you have to pick your battles because a lot of people get jammed up right here. They start looking at all the things they think they should change about themselves, and it's so overwhelming that they just stop. That's not very useful. And that's where most people fail, right there. They fail before they start. Well, there's a great childhood joke. It's called, well, you probably heard it. So, you know, go along with me on this. You, how do you eat an elephant? Well, we all know the answer. If you never heard this, congratulations, because it's a new joke for you. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time, guys. And that is what I mean by pick your battles. That's what it feels like in this situation is you look like you're trying to consume a giant elephant. And you're like, how can I possibly eat all this? One bite at a time, guys. How can you change your life? And I promise you, you can make incredible changes in your life. You can absolutely be the person you want to be. You can achieve your dreams and your goals. It takes small incremental changes, and that's what we're about. But guys, that's one bite at a time. If you go bigger than that, you're going to fail. That's where most people fail, is they just, their eyes get too big. I have a niece who has a form of autism. And when she was doing her homework, her dad would cover every problem on the page, except for one. Because her brain, the way it works, would get overwhelmed by the sheer volume of work on the page. She could do it. She is smart as whip, man. She is so incredibly intelligent. But her brain would just be flooded and it was shut down. So she had to focus on one problem at a time. And that meant covering everything else up. And sometimes that's what you got to do. Pick your battles. And then, then you have to do what they do in problem management. And that is you have to pick your battle. We're going to say weight loss, for example. 
you want to lose weight, you got to take this big idea and then break it down into smaller ideas, okay? So take losing weight and subdivide it into six categories, six different things. And say exercise, better food choices, better sleep, getting rid of the junk food, no more gas station stops and fast food, right? Break it into smaller pieces. Now break each one of those into even smaller pieces if you need to. Maybe you don't have to break it into smaller pieces to stop going through the drive-thru at McDonald's. I know I sure didn't have to. I hate McDonald's. Is that American? I don't know. We'll find out. If it's not American, let me know in the comments. I'll... No, I won't apologize for that. But maybe, maybe the exercise portion, that needs to be broken into smaller pieces. Okay? Break everything into smaller, bite-sized pieces. Because small pieces, that's doable. Losing weight, that's a big, scary idea. And there's a whole lot involved, and most people shut down before they start. Break that into smaller pieces. Take one bite at a time. That's incremental improvement, because those are quite doable. Now, we're going to roll to today's sponsor. And we'll be back in just a second, guys. Today's episode brought to you by TheFallibleMan.com. That's right, it's us. Head over to www.TheFallibleMan.com and check out our blog, updated twice a week with new content, and links to all of our social media offerings. Tag or search us at TheFallibleMan or at FallibleMan on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and other social medias for daily content. While you're there, check out our Attitude Swag, shirts, cups, stickers, and more. Again, that's www.thefallibleman.com. Welcome back, guys. Thanks for sticking around. I am still my only sponsor, but hey, I'm open. If uh, you think we match, shout out to me, info at thefallibleman.com. Let's keep rolling, guys. Step number three I called not a mile, but a step. Five miles into my first event, or I should say, into his first event, my best friend just broke down. His health was not as good as mine, and, and that's not saying a whole lot, because mine wasn't spectacular by my second race. This would be my second race. He, by chance, had picked the hardest Tough Mudder course in the entire North American continent. So here we are at Whistler Olympic Park, Running a Tough Mudder. It's 12 miles long. Now, Whistler Olympic Park is either uphill or downhill. And when you consider it's a mountain, you understand that this is not an exaggeration. You're going up or you're going down, and it's a pretty heavy angle either way, which is really hard on you. It was insanely cold. Even the Canadians we were running with was like, this is unnormal or not normal for this part of the year. Uh, normally by this part of the season, it's, it's not like this. The wind was blowing, the rain was coming down and just kind of a sleet. People were being taken off by, uh, event officials and event, uh, EMTs. We have EMTs that drive around in our obstacle course events. People were being taken off the mountain left and right in golf carts with solar blankets wrapped around them because they were so cold, they couldn't even function anymore. All their muscles had seized up, and it was 
quite possibly one of the most horrible events I've ever been to. Not because the Tough Mudder didn't do an awesome job. It is everything you want from a Tough Mudder. But it will humble you so quick at that event. We are looking down the barrel of another seven miles from our current progress. And part of him just broke. He sat down and was trying not to cry. He's very emotional. It was his first big event. And he's at an unhealthy body weight. And it was just crushing him. He couldn't get past the mileage and the thoughts of it. And so I started trying to get him up. Right? I tried to get him focused on just the next step. And then he was like, well, the next the next obstacle. I don't know if I can do the next obstacle. It's a mile away. Just worry about the next step. I don't even care about the next obstacle. Let's focus on the next step. I told him not to focus on the mileage or the next obstacle, but just the very next step. And just when he was starting to get up and think, okay, we'll try it. I started prancing around. Yeah, that's not a pretty picture, guys. But desperate times, right? And I, I started dancing around him saying, just keep swimming, just keep swimming from Finding Nemo. <laughs> the rage set in. Oh, he was angry. He started moving, but mainly it was because he wanted to hit me at that point. Hey, that's what friends are for, right? We started moving again. So, <laughs> right? At that point, I just wanted him to move and not stop. Most people are overwhelmed by huge goals. Like I said just a minute ago, it's it's there that a lot of people just break and quit because they can't take this big goal and bring it down to something doable. You have to get to a doable state, guys. You have to break each big problem into littler and littler pieces and just worry about that next step. Anybody can walk a step, right? I mean, one step. You do that every day. I mean, how many of you guys sound off in the comments, wherever you're listening to this, how many of a step counter built into your watch or your phone, right? How many steps do you walk a day? Sound off in the comments below. Tell me. I want to see like 10,000. That'd be cool, right? Some of you do it. Some of you don't. But the idea of one step is not hard. Guys, that's incremental growth. That's what incremental growth is. It is very best. The fundamental core of it. Incremental growth is taking the next step. One at a time. That's all you got to focus on. One step forward, followed by another, followed by another. That's how you get your first mile. If you never run a mile, if you never walked a mile, just focus on putting one foot in front of the other. Don't think about a mile. Think about the next step till you get there. That's all you got to think about. A mile is overwhelming. One step, you do it without thinking. You do it just to go to the bathroom at night. Okay? One little win, followed by another little win, followed by another little win. That's how you build momentum for life-altering change, guys. Change stops being scary when you break it down into little doable pieces. Just one thing. That's something that can be done. That's something anybody can be done, can do. And that's something that you can do. One little thing. 
And guys, if you're getting something out of this, be sure and leave us a like, thumbs up, wherever you are. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. I'd love to hear from you guys, and it really does help me out. We're going to keep going because we're going to keep going. Step number four. Now, we're going up the mountain right now, guys. This is where we're going. My friend didn't finish, quote unquote, if you're on the podcast, doing air quotes right here, guys. My friend didn't, quote unquote, finish that first race by race standards, meaning he didn't cross the finish line. He left the course 10 miles into the course, which was a massive win from him. That's why I say he didn't finish by traditional standards. I don't care. I am incredibly, that was six years ago or five and a half years ago. I am incredibly proud of him to this day because he poured his heart and soul into finishing that event. 10 miles was as far as, in fact, I told him to leave the course because his body was failing at that point. His health was, he literally just hit a wall where his body was failing him. It wasn't safe for him to proceed anymore as far as I was concerned. Myself and one of his other friends were both at the event with him and both of us actually encouraged him to walk off the event because we didn't want him to get injured at his first event. He poured his heart and soul in. He made it farther than any of us actually expected him to make it, including himself. And I'm still so proud of him. That mountain is humbling, guys. I say that mountain because that was a mountain for him. Well, it also became very literally a mountain. Ten miles into this event, after however many hours that takes you, they hiked us up the side of the Olympic ski jump at the Whistler Olympic Park. He was not the only one who left the course, guys. I actually watched people leave the course in droves because there were a lot of people who turned and looked at that hill. There was an obstacle at the 10-mile point, and we turned and looked at that hill, and people were just walking off the course. It is a 2,500-foot elevation change between the bottom of that hill and the top of the hill where we summited it. And we walked up along the pylons at the base of it, and it was so steep, you could literally touch the ground in front of you while you were on your feet. Guys, it was crushing. At 10 miles, so many people just lost heart. We were tired, we were beat up, we were wet, we were cold, we were exhausted. But we've all had those days, right? Well, guys, you're going to hit those mountains. And this, this is when the why becomes so critically important. If you don't have that clear foundational why, you're done at this point. This is failure point number two, guys. People are either overwhelmed, and so they don't start, or they hit the first big obstacle, even though they have a great plan, and it just takes all the fight right out of them. This is failure point number two, and you have to have the why. You'll need discipline. You're going to need desire. You're going to need fortitude. And all of those will fail you without the why to push you through it. You have to learn that why. You have to start at why. And that why has got to be, your why can't be superficial, guys. Your why has to be a very real, deep reason as to why you need to do that. Guys, before we get to the next point, 
I want to know. Tell me in the comment below. What is your why? What drives you to be a better you? Why change? Why be, go through the trouble? Why push yourself? What is your why? Tell me in the comments below, guys. Shout it out. I love to hear from you guys. I read all the comments, generally respond to them. Let's keep going. Point number five, guys. Make your bed. Now, if you've seen some of my older podcasts, you might have heard this before. But it's really simple. The Navy SEALs are taught to start with the most modest tidbit of success you can possibly start with in your day. That is, they get up and they make their bed every morning. You get up and you make your bed. It's simple but powerful because you have completed your first task of the day successfully and you've barely started your day. Guys, every day, try to do simple things to improve yourself. One simple way. That's all. It doesn't have to be dramatic stuff. In fact, dramatic stuff will kill your momentum. Read something educational. If you like to read books or if you're like me, I'll put a link for Audible down below, guys. Get your Audible trial. I'm loving Audible. Listen to something educational. Make your bed. Choose a healthier meal when you have options. Get an exercise in, whether you go for a walk on your lunch break like I like to do, or whether you get a gym session in. Be more attentive with your spouse. Have an in-depth conversation really listen to them. Spend more time with your kids. Go have more time with them today. Turn off the TV. Go to bed earlier so you can get more rest. Put down your phone. Go volunteer. One simple thing, guys. It's one. Now, there are a ton of ways to improve yourself. So I need you to get some perspective here. If making your bed is a win for a Navy SEAL, arguably one of the fiercest warriors on the planet, if making your bed counts as a win to that person, then choosing a healthy snack or not to go through that drive-thru or conscientiously choosing to listen to a podcast that educates you or a book or have that conversation with your spouse, that's a win that counts. You have to understand, winning starts small. If a Navy SEAL can count that as a win, you certainly can. because. The mindset is you start with one win. You make your bed. You get your shower. You drink eight ounces of water. You brush your teeth. You get out the door on time to go to work. You show up to work on time. Count the little wins. It literally reprograms your brain. That's like scientific stuff. People way smarter than me came up with that fact. And I read the study, and it's incredible, guys. The more you win the more it programs your brain to win and to problem solve and to be successful. Being successful is a learned trait. And every little win, whether you're making a bed or something else, counts. Now, if a Navy SEAL can consider it a success, then so can you. Now, guys, I appreciate that you stuck around with me this long. So I'm going to throw out one more bonus tip. I know I'm getting a little long, so I'll keep it short. 
Now, if you're new to this lifestyle of self-improvement, then you might want to hold off until you get into the flow of this. If you've been doing it for a while, if you're already seeing some success, because we don't want you to be overwhelmed, right? That's why we're doing incremental little things. We don't want you to be overwhelmed. So, go and start small. Get the little wins. But once you get into a rhythm with it, you're going to find out that you're going to have that desire to win more. More and faster because it's addictive. It's incredible. But for all of you who are really ambitious, let me share the next level trick. Besides breaking your big goal down into little manageable pieces, and if you guys have ever done any kind of leadership training or uh, training for project management, you've heard this idea of breaking big ideas into little manageable pieces. But if you're already there, this is what I want you to do. Not only break them into small manageable pieces, but categorize them as well. Categorize them as mental improvement, physical improvement, emotional improvement, uh, relational improvement. Okay? Categorize them. And then you can start to double dip. Let me give you a simple example. When I go to work, because I still work a nine to five job, when I'm at work, I walk on my lunch break. That's a physical improvement. I'm getting my steps in. I'm getting some cardiovascular exercise. I also listen to an audiobook that's educational while I'm doing it, guys. That is a mental growth factor, right? I'm listening to something that mentally helps improve me. That's double dipping. Now, this isn't for those who, like me, could not walk and chew gum originally. But once you're past that, once you start building on those wins, guys, this will become very easy for you to mix. You can't necessarily mix two health goals, health snacks, bites, little pieces at once, but it becomes easy to mix knowledge-based improvement with physical-based improvement. In fact, your brain works better when you're physical. So you can start double dipping them, and now you're getting multiple improvements. Guys, I say it every video, and now you know what it's all about. The Fallible Man is about self-improvement and a lifestyle of just improving yourself incrementally, one little bit, every single day. And if you improve one thing, just a little thing, maybe you got out of bed 10 minutes earlier so you're not pushing the clock as hard, trying to get to work and having speed. One little thing every day. That's 365 wins and improvements a year. That's huge. Huge. Can you imagine your life a year from now if you improved one little thing all year long, 365 wins a year? Can you imagine where you will be at this time next year? Guys, I am the Fallible Man. Be better tomorrow because of what you do today, and I'll see you next time. This has been the Fallible Man Podcast, your home for everything man, husband, and father. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a show. Head over to www.thefallibleman.com for more content 
and get your own Fallible Man gear.